0: Travel
1: Radio is on the air! Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Aaron Schlein here and welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Today's episode is all about emerging family destinations. Here at Family Travel Radio, we are all about helping families discover what's possible in family travel. And we have brought on some amazing experts to take us on deep dives into three of these emerging destinations. Today, we're going to be talking Cuba, Iceland, and Zimbabwe. And my friend, you are going to learn a ton from this episode. I know that I did. And this episode is particularly special because it was recorded live at the Family Travel Association Summit which is a travel industry event specifically for those in the travel industry who specialize in family travel. We're talking the destinations, the tour operators, and the travel agents, of course, and just many, many more. Truly the best and the brightest in the world of family travel. And I really must tell you, as somewhat of an outsider at the Summit, There is truly so much to be excited for when it comes to the future of family travel. I was lucky to have met so many incredible individuals at this summit, and my friend, these people, they're they're just the real deal. And the future of family travel is so bright, and I feel fortunate to have been part of this wonderful, wonderful event. Family Travel Radio is the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. You can visit us at familytravel.org and discover for yourself just what's possible in the world of family travel. This is Family Travel Radio. Aaron Schlein here and welcome to a very special episode of Family Travel Radio. Why is it special? Well, first of all, we are coming at you live from the Fairmont Hotel in beautiful Bermuda, And more importantly, it's because we are coming at you live from the Family Travel Association 2018 Summit. And right now, I'm standing on the stage looking out at the best and the brightest in family travel. Some of the most passionate and inspirational family travelers have descended on Bermuda here to attend the summit and to help change the world through travel. So right now, Family Travel Summit, make a little noise for Family Travel Radio. Let them hear you. So we are talking emerging destinations today on Family Travel Radio. Joining me here on the panel are three gentlemen who are going to speak on three very different emerging destinations. Immediately to my right, Chad Olin from Cuban, excuse me, Cuba Candela which is the leading provider of private custom travel in Cuba. Cuba Candela specializes in highly curated, family-friendly journeys, delivering a full suite of services, including travel documents, private airfare, luxury accommodation, vintage cards, local guides, and exclusive experiences. And the very handsome Chad here graduated with an MBA from Harvard Business School, and in a previous life, he worked in investment banking in New York City. Welcome, Chad. Thank you, Aaron. And to Chad's right, we have Ryan Connolly, who is the co-founder of Hidden Iceland, a family-friendly travel company based in Iceland that specializes in adventure and educational and immersive trips. Ryan can take your family hiking on glaciers, walking on volcanic islands, and sneaking behind waterfalls. I want to hear all about that. I've never snuck behind a waterfall that wasn't attached to a pool. Welcome, Ryan. Hello, everyone. Last but not least, on the end of the panel, we have Jared Alster, who's the vice president of marketing at Cox and King's of the Americas, the world's oldest travel company. At Cox and King's, Jared leads trade and consumer marketing, digital experience, and public relations. When he's not traveling to work or working to travel, you'll find Jared spending time with his wife, their two boys, and their Labrador retriever, Homer. Welcome, Jared.
2: It's great to be here.
1: All right, so... Quick question for you, Jared, before we get started. We're talking about emerging destinations. Obviously, Chad's talking Cuba, Ryan's talking Iceland. Cox and King's doesn't specialize in one destination, so we put Jared's feet to the fire and we made him pick just one emerging family destination. Jared, what are you going with?
0: So it was a very tough decision, but I went big, and we're going with Zimbabwe.
1: (laughs) Zimbabwe it is, my friends. All right. So I'm going to turn it over to these gentlemen for a moment. I'm going to ask each one of you to just briefly introduce yourselves and share with Family Travel Radio how travel has shaped your life. Let's start with you, Chad.
2: Great. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Chad Olin. I'm the CEO and founder of Cuba Candela. And one question I've gotten here quite a bit uh, that I want to provide some insight into is, is why Cuba? How did I end up... Uh, starting this business in Cuba, and so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story. Um, 32 years old, um, started my career on Wall Street. Uh, spent six years working in finance, and then went on to um, pursue an MBA. And at that time, I had no idea that starting a travel business would be something that I would do. But I'd always loved connecting with people, and I always had loved um, experiencing other cultures and it, it had been my dream to see the world. And so when I had the opportunity to actually take a little bit of time off before starting it at, at Harvard, I decided to go and do a backpacking trip to Southeast Asia by myself. Went with a backpack, no plan, just an iPad, and I had about four months. And there was a moment when I was at Maya Bay in Thailand, and if for any of those uh, of you in the room that are familiar, it's one of the most spectacular beaches I've seen in my entire life. And I'm, I'm floating in the in the crystal clear waters of Maya Bay. And I was just struck by this crazy idea, which is that I could do anything in the world in that moment. I could give up Harvard. I could <laughs> even live in Thailand for decades with the amount of money it would cost just to pay for tuition. And it was really the spark and the seed that was planted in that moment that gave me the courage um, in the future to, to really deviate from what had been up to that point a very well-structured path and, and career. And so I then went and enrolled in school and about six months um, into my first term, actually I think it was on the last day of exams in my first semester, I came home and I saw Cuba was all over the TV and people were talking about the normalization relations with Cuba. And I had this crazy idea to go and live in Havana for the summer, um, take Spanish class and talk to people and, and see what was going on down there. And I went down in the summer of 2015, and after the summer, I came back um, inspired, inspired by the people um, the way that I was welcomed by, by the Cuban people and the hospitality and, and felt like part of the family, even though I was an American, and that was very unexpected um, at that time. The cultural vibrancy, the unique characteristics of the country that were just so different from anything um, that I had seen. And so I decided to start the business of taking people to Cuba and, and sharing this, this great thing that I had found down there. Um, And initially, the idea was to start a millennial tour company. Um, I didn't see any other uh, companies out there taking people my age. um, And I thought that would be a really cool thing to do. I then did a group of about 140 students, um, which was the first group of the company in 2016. But what I saw through that process was that it was very difficult to really give that interpersonal connection and connect people across cultures, which is really what I was passionate about. Um, in the large group format. um, And I saw that you really had to have that human connection that we've talked about and and heard about over the course of the last few days. Um, So that really lent itself more to the smaller format. And there was something in particular that I wanted to share, which was this insight that I had when I was in Southeast Asia, um, which is that human beings all over the world are inherently good and i saw that you know from the hills of tibet to the islands of cambodia and if you smile at someone no matter where you are in the world chances are they're going to smile back and and really receive you warmly and with gratitude so it was really the small format and the private travel that allows you to feel that in another country and we've now since pivoted to from group tours for millennials now to private travel with custom itineraries primarily for couples and families and and in just 2 years we've really become one of the leading providers of luxury private travel to Cuba and as Aaron had mentioned at the beginning we do everything um it's a full package from when you land in Cuba you're you're under our care and guidance we'll have a driver private car at the airport with your name on a sign all the way through a curated itinerary um until you leave the country And I'm sure we'll get into it um, in just a few minutes, but now is the best time in history to visit Cuba, and in particular for families. So excited to be here and talk about Cuba as an emerging destination for you all.
1: Thanks, Chad. And Chad is absolutely right. Whenever Chad smiles at me, I always smile back. (laughs) Can't help myself. All right, next, we'll move from Cuba. We're going to go across to the glaciers of Iceland, Mr. Ryan Connolly from Hidden Iceland. Just tell us about yourself and tell us about how travels changed your life.
3: I mean it's the it's the oldest story in the book really. Uh I used to be an international relationship manager for HSBC and uh you know, everybody in the world wants to travel and they always give up some great excuse about why they've not. And I just thought, okay, well, I've been promoted a few different times and I'm at the point where I'm I'm still fairly young at the age of twenty-seven, uh twenty-six actually. And I thought, well maybe I just go disappear for a couple of months and see a bit of the world. Maybe I'll be a guide and, and work in a ski resort. Uh, and I did that. I, I left my job. Everyone said I was crazy. I was ruining my life. And, uh, I think I did ruin my life. Look at this. Uh, I know you guys. Um, uh, but six months turned into, into five years. And, uh, I set myself a life goal of traveling to all seven continents. I thought it would take my whole life. I did it by 2016. And the, the moment that made me decide to move to Iceland specifically is when you're, you're traveling across the Drake Passage towards Antarctica. And the sea captain says, you know, the area that we're sailing through right now used to be all glaciers 10 years ago. And now we're just sailing through it unencumbered. And you think, wow, climate change, as you probably hopefully all agree, is is not just real, it's happening already. We're getting climate change and weather patterns, but definitely in glaciers melting. So when I decided to move to Iceland to become a glacier guide, I was standing on glaciers that melted more in the last 10 years than in the previous hundred and fifty years. So when I when I stood there and I learned my trade as a glacier guide, I thought I cannot leave this place. This this is it's magical. And uh, in terms of family travel, if you if you bring your kids and you stand them in front of a glacier and you say you used to be inside the glacier last year, let me talk about how the world is changing for the better and the worse in many ways. It changes them. It brings them closer together as a family. And yeah, it's hard to walk away from that. I think so. I won't go into too much detail about hidden Iceland, but basically we share our passion with the people that come with us, whether it's glaciers, volcanoes, tectonic plate erosion, anything. um, That's what we do, and I love every single day. So that's hidden Iceland.
1: Beautifully said. Thanks, Ryan. Finally, last but not least, of course, Jared on the end, Cox and Kings. Good afternoon. Uh,
0: So my story um, probably goes back to the year 1991. Five, ninety-six. When I was uh, in middle school, high school, and I had the amazing opportunity to join a youth orchestra. I played bass, the big bass, not the electric bass. And I, so I joined this orchestra, and it was about eighty people, kids. And the conductor happened to be a travel agent. And every summer, the conductor, the agent, had a great idea that it would be amazing to bring eighty high schoolers around the world. On a summer tour, so you know, imagine eighty very rambunctious uh, teens gallivanting somewhere around the world. So that's what I had the amazing fortune opportunity to do for three summers in a row. So this started when I was about seventeen and went through when I was nineteen. So I knew after seeing much of the world, you know, Asia and Africa and Europe, um, Australia, New Zealand. I mean, really covered almost the entire world. I knew that I was destined to work and travel, but it wasn't that straight of a line. Um, so anyway, after a few fits and starts, I, I, I finally landed in this industry and it's been for the past decade. Truly, I think everyone says they love who they work with and I think everyone says they love their colleagues, but I think you know we're all, we're all here for a reason and we're all like-minded and we could all be making more money doing something else, let, let's be honest. But I think everyone works in this industry because everyone is so like-minded. and Everyone's here for the same reason. And I just think that everyone, you know, we're all
1: in such a fortunate
0: spot to be selling what we love.
1: Again, well said. So gentlemen, I'm going to dive into uh, to your hearts a little bit as well as your minds. And so speaking on your destination that you're representing, Ryan, I'm going to start with you this time. Tell me why is Iceland particularly just so special to you personally?
3: Yeah, I kind of started a little bit before about climate change, but I mean, where else in the world can you be walking on a moving glacier in one moment and then putting your hands into the cracks of a volcano and still feeling the warmth from when it erupted in 1973? And then two minutes later, you, you know this, uh, you talk to the locals uh, who say that they, they had a volcanic eruption attack their town. It was going to destroy the entire area. And they all ran away and then they thought, wait a minute, well, this is our house. You know, this is our home. We're going to come back and we're going to fight the volcano and redirect the lava flow, create a new little mountain and stop the wind from blowing into our town. Like the the people in Iceland, they have, you know, in terms of adversity, you know, they have a volcanic volcanic eruption every four years. They have to come together and work together as a community to to survive. And, and these days they're doing pretty well, but in the past, not so much. And uh, now as a, an emerging destination, the Icelanders, they want to show you what they do and they want to take you to the places that maybe you wouldn't have thought it were accessible, so volcanoes, glaciers. And uh, maybe you don't know this, but it's one of the only places in the world where you can be standing between tectonic plates that are moving apart and not be in under the ocean. That's pretty cool, I think. Yeah. So if anybody wants to come to Iceland, i will show you. <laughs> I'm not even sure if that answered the question. but
1: That qualifies as special in my world, <laughs> Ryan. yeah. yeah. So, Jared, let's start with, let's move to you. We didn't, you haven't gotten much into Zimbabwe, which is the emerging destination you're going to be discussing today. So what's particularly special about Zimbabwe to you, Jared?
0: So I actually had the privilege of visiting Zimbabwe back in uh, 1999. I'll tell you guys a quick story. So I was there in 99, was 19 years old, and stayed with a local family. And we were in the car going somewhere. I'm not really certain where. And it was a two-lane highway. And all of a sudden, we're going about probably 30 miles per hour, and we look over, and on either side of the road was dense forest, thick. You can't see in it. And all of a sudden, you see the trees start to shake and shake. And we're like, what's that? And all of a sudden, every car on the road comes to an abrupt halt and out walks an elephant onto the road. And, you know, I grab my camera and... The father of the host family that I was staying with is in the driver's seat and he says, quick, quick, get out of the car, you can take photos. And because I was 19 and you know wasn't thinking fully, I hopped out of the car. So you know they, they say an elephant, even though they're large creatures, they can run, they're, they're one of the fastest land animals in the world. So you, never, you should never try and outrun an, an, an elephant because you won't succeed. So there I was about, I don't know, probably 40 yards or so from a uh, a young elephant, but still a large elephant, as they all are. Anyway, long story short, got some amazing photos, and we got to where we were going. And a car that must have been following, when we pulled up, he just read this guy, the riot act, saying that, that kid, he could have been killed. And anyway, it was an amazing opportunity. Zimbabwe is a place that obviously has fallen on some tough times the past decade, and I won't try and pretend that they haven't had a rough history. However, things have changed. It is um, one of the most amazing destinations for all travelers and for families. It's it's truly, you know, a, a safari is is not cheap. However, if you want to see, if you want to show your kids the big five, do you guys know what the big five are? Oh, come on. know. Okay. I had I had to write it down. I, I'm asking because I actually had to write it down because I forgot. So it's elephant, lion, rhino, leopard, which is always the one people forget. I would have said cheetah, and a um, uh, cape buffalo. If you want to show your kids the big five, Zimbabwe is among the cheapest places in the world to do that. And now they have come out of their issues politically. And they really have amazing lodges, friendly locals. They have some of the best trained guides and, and game rangers in all of Africa. So the amount of training and the rigor that they go through uh, surpasses even that of Kenya and Tanzania and some of the more classic safari destinations. So I just thought it was really cool, something different and you know, a place that is near and dear to me.
1: Well, I love that because there's certainly you kind know, of the book on Zimbabwe doesn't necessarily lend itself to family travel in, in many people's minds. But I'm really glad that you're here today sharing what you know, what you've seen and heard to get families traveling to this incredible, incredible destination. Ryan, have you ever see any elephants on the glaciers in Iceland?
3: Um, I've seen a horse. That was weird. <laughs>
1: Oh, Chad, you got into Cuba c- quite a bit in your intro, but is there anything you'd like to add to this conversation, just something else, another special story, anything particularly near and dear yeah. to your heart about Cuba?
2: I think, um, for me, it, it's it's really the, the hospitality of the people. And it's a, it's a culture where there's open doors, you walk down the street, everyone's door is open, people are yelling to their friends and family across the street. There's a, a phrase that uh, they use called cubaneo, which means to be Cuban and to feel, and it really means to feel at home wherever you go. And so that's the spirit of, of hospitality that, that they really embrace, um, travelers from all destinations with. And, um, and I have a couple stories about it, um, that I want to share. One is on one of my trips at the very beginning of the planning of this company, um, I was running out of money. And in Cuba, that's kind of a problem because credit and debit cards don't work. But you know, I think I had four days left and, and $50, um, which is not enough to get around and to eat. And as soon as I explained what had happened to any local, whether it was a taxi driver or a restaurant or um, anyone that uh, was, was helping me in, in that situation, they just immediately almost treated me like one of their own and like a family member. And whether that was offering to share their water or their food or, or give me the local prices or, or take me somewhere for free, just like I'm hitchhiking, just like a local. Um, That was something that really stuck with me um, on the hospitality. And then another story is um, right at the boom time when between 2015 and 2016, there were so many tourists um, that had gone to Vinales, which is a tobacco growing region about three hours west of Havana, and they'd shown up without proper accommodation, um, and they didn't realize that that would be very hard to do in Cuba because of the lack of Internet. And, and basically the Cubans kind of banded together. And in the way that their community networks work, um, they were able to activate all these different beds in Cuban homes and find places for many of the travelers to sleep, even though they weren't actually licensed to rent as uh, to foreigners, but it was just kind of a, a, a an extra bed, and still there wasn't enough space. Um, so what ended up happening is the the travelers ended up sleeping in the main town plaza, um, and there were Cubans that that stood watch over them at night uh, to make sure that nothing was taken or that there were any issues, um, as I would never expect uh, in Cuba. But it's really the hospitality that that struck me from the beginning.
1: Excellent. So let's talk a bit more about why now, 2018 is a wonderful time for these destinations to emerge as, a, as family destinations. What's special about now? Let's start on the end with Jared. You touched on this a little bit with Zimbabwe, but maybe f- flesh yeah. it out a little more, and then we'll go down the line.
0: Yeah, so actually, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that before the turmoil in Zimbabwe, um, it actually had a very robust economy for tourism. And tourism was number one provider of jobs next to farming. So they do have history there of infrastructure, and the training, and the hospitality that you need to to accept Western tourists. Uh, you know, in the mid late 90s, mid-2000s, uh, there was some turmoil, uh, there was some violence, and they've really just come out of it in the past few years. So not to get too much into politics, but Robert Mugabe, who was the president of Zimbabwe since I was born in 1980, up until last year when he was ousted. And they've had new elections, and while it's not, um, you know, there's there's always going to be issues, uh, it is a very safe place. So Zimbabwe has the same um, risk rating from the U.S. State Department as Mexico, just to put things in some perspective. So if we're all sending clients to Mexico and we're all traveling there personally, then it's really the same um, level of risk as going to Zimbabwe. So I think now it's it, it's really they've kind of come out from under this cloud. They are lesser known, and they really need our help. They they need our help to get the economy back to where it was. To get you know their 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 um, their currency was so devalued that they actually had to stop printing it, and now they're pegged to the U.S. dollar. So they they know that things can change. They know they have amazing lodges and they have the big five. And there's, I think last count, there was about five or six national parks. There's two international airports. So the infrastructure's there. The amazing experiences are there. And now it's actually safe for families of all ages.
1: Well, let's move to, to Chad. Why, why now? Why is now a great time for Cuba to emerge as a family destination?
2: Cuba is is now a a bit of a secret destination again. Um, You know, there was this boom in tourism from the end of 2014 until up until uh, about June of 2017, when um, our current administration changed the rules about travel to Cuba. So there's all this confusion right now about whether you can travel and whether you cannot. And it's actually fortunate for people that go because the crowds aren't there. And you know, it was really overpacked and overcrowded for quite some time um, during that boom. Um, so now um, you know there's a window where it's a secret destination again, and that's not gonna last forever. Um, so there's, there's a bit of urgency on that front, but specifically for families, um, I do wanna talk about the safety. Um, Cuba was recently named the safest country in the world for travelers to visit at an international tourism fair in Madrid. Um, it's, it's also rated at the same level as Mexico, Zimbabwe, and, and Italy also is a level two, um, surprisingly. Um, so it, it's, it's really just, um, you know, the right time. There's a window when you can experience it without the crowds um, and, and Cuba uniquely also, um, has a, has this digital detox that you can experience, uh, which, which isn't going to last forever. They're really focusing on, uh, increasing their internet access. But if you go now, you can, you can get the benefit of that, which is, you know, if you if you're um, if if mom or dad get distracted by emails and Internet when they're on vacation, that can't even happen in Cuba. So you're kind of almost forced to interact at the at the dinner table. Um, and and that is actually something that, that people really say um, does facilitate bonding and conversations. Um, and I actually have one more thing. I know this is kind of a long answer, but um Cuba also is just so different um, that it really facilitates conversation about shared values. It's such a curious place that people are, when you go there, you can't help but talk to your kids about what does this mean? What are we seeing? What does it mean? What does it mean for our family? What does it mean for what we believe about the world and our worldview? And that sort of um, environment also really facilitates bonding um, with your family members and and those deep discussions. So those are really characteristics as to why now and why family travel to Cuba.
1: I love that. So you're forced to interact with the locals as well as
3: your family?
2: (laughs) You you have no choice but to interact.
3: I love it. Ryan. Uh, So who here has heard that Iceland is too crowded now? Has anyone heard that? Yeah. Who here has been to Iceland? A fair few of you. And you all uh, flew into Keflavík Airport, I assume. So one airport. And you all stayed in Reykjavík, the one city. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there's anything else in Iceland. I'm not really sure.
1: So, something hidden, perhaps. Something hidden, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. So my view on it is it's a bit of a bottleneck. If, if you only have two or three days to spend in Iceland, yeah, you're going to go to the Golden Circle and you're going to be squeezed into the same hotels. But... If you spend four days and go to somewhere like the Westman Islands or into the south side of, uh, the south side of the country or into the northwest with a company that knows how to get as much as they can into a very short space of time like Ed in Iceland. Sorry, did you hear that? Uh, then, then maybe Iceland is still emerging, like the locals and, and the farms and the a lot of the guides who were teenagers when this boom started to happen, they now understand that their country is amazing and instead of going and living in the city and working in finance, they're staying on their farms, they're building guest houses, they're taking you into the middle of nowhere and and that's that's basically what we do. So, uh, I mean, I th- yeah, I actually have two points. Um, now is a good time to come, but if you wait too late, then it's going to be too late because... Um, If anybody wants to walk on a glacier, then they're actually melting away quite quickly. Um, Has anyone seen the TV show, uh, Throne of something, Game of... (laughs) Oh, that's right, yeah, Game of Thrones, yeah. So the the TV show, Game of Thrones, is filmed in Iceland in the most part, you may know that. Um, The glacier that they, they filmed on is now condemned. You cannot walk on that glacier anymore. And that's because the glacier, one, is melting away, and two, the mountain is eroded and cracked so much that it's going to fall onto the ice and kill everyone in a maybe 20-mile radius. So you can't go there anymore. And that's because the glaciers are disappearing. So if you want to wait until a couple of years, maybe there won't be any glaciers that are accessible. So we're not going to go into that one anymore, but there's other ones. So yeah, so it's the right time, but also don't wait too long, please. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Let's get into some, some specifics
1: now for family travel and the, the destinations here that we're talking about. Can you just briefly describe for us exactly what families can expect to experience? Because here on Family Travel Radio, we're all about showing families exactly what's possible in family travel. And let's do that now with your destinations. Let's start with Chad in Cuba.
2: You know, I mentioned it quite a bit already, but the hospitable welcome, um, you know, that's a big thing uh, for families to visit. The things you think about when you think about Cuba, the cultural exploration of the historic landmarks and an array of activities uh, that are family friendly, which uh, range from the trip to the organic farm that's run by a multi-generational family, and you've got young kids running around. And if you have kids of the same age, um, it's a perfect place to to bring gifts um, and, and kind of charitable donations to bring some toys that, that you can that the kids can play together with the Cuban family. A uh, a family salsa lesson can be a lot of fun. Also, um, you know, having the kids dance together uh, with the parents. Um, convertible car ride is always a lot of fun And just soaking in the vibrancy of the old city you know, You've know, got music coming out of every corner of every street So many colors, uh, so much excitement The architecture and, and, the, and the history of, of Cuba um, And again, it's just so safe So I really want to make that point repeatedly today Because there's absolutely nothing um, to worry about When it comes to safety of kids um, And safety of, of all travelers in Cuba Thanks, Chad. Ryan, to you, my friend.
3: Yeah, um, I'll, I'll second that, actually. Iceland is number one in the Global Peace Index, um, which basically just means that nothing bad ever happens, except for volcanoes exploding, but <laughs> 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 no no big deal. Small detail, <laughs> Small detail yeah. Um, but, yeah, when, when we work personally with kids, um, the, the parents often contact us beforehand and say... Um, we know you're going to take us to these waterfalls and hide behind and we know you're going to take us to the you know, UNESCO protected tectonic plate rift zone um, but what we they've been learning in school is about you know uh, volcanic eruptions or or erosion or, or you, know, you know glacial uh, advancement um, can you focus a bit more on that so you know when you're talking about boring things like volcanoes exploding it's much better to be Stand, it's much better to be standing on the volcano and saying you know this is how the earth is created yeah, I, I find that interesting I don't think anyone else does uh, and the, uh, do you guys want to hear an interesting fact about glaciers? yeah okay of course sorry yeah um, so glaciers move under their own weight they're, they're the size of mountains but does anyone know how they move? Someone usually shouts out gravity at this point, but it's okay. Um, so gravity helps glaciers move, but the reality is, is water is, is far more is the most dense version of of ice, water, steam. So when you have a mountain of ice sitting between between two other mountains, and it compresses down into the ground and it can't squeeze any further, the very bottom layer converts back into water and actually slides. So the glacier actually creates its own liquids, its own lubricant to allow it to move. So it's basically the most magical thing on earth, I think. So when you tell the kids that, they well, sometimes they are like, oh, cool. But most of the time, <laughs> most of the time they really enjoy it. And, and maybe that'll change their views on some things in the world. I don't know. I, I kind of went off topic again there. So.
1: No such thing. And The kids will appreciate it someday. We yeah. all know that. All right, Jared, you got a you got big shoes. So to fill there, yeah,
0: there are no glaciers in Zimbabwe, so don't worry. But so it's obviously an adventure destination. It's all about nature. It's all about getting outdoors and being active. So it's it's a great destination if you have older kids. I don't know that I would bring my two younger boys there quite yet. Although my oldest would love seeing elephants in the wild. Uh, it's really all about the big five. They are all on wide display all over. The country, uh, there's, really, there's really two main national parks people go to. There's Mana Pools in the north and then Wangay in, the, uh, in the west. But beyond that, for kids, it's really an amazing destination. So you can go on safari, obviously, by 4x4 Jeep. You can go on safari by canoe or a plantoon boat. Or you can go on safari on the back of an elephant. Um, so there's really uh, interesting different ways to see the environment come alive around you. And then, of course, there's Victoria Falls, which is the world's um, widest waterfall, I believe. And I've seen it. It's truly just a sight to be seen. It's one of the seven natural wonders of the world. And you can actually go canoeing down the river, Uh, the Zambezi. You won't get too close to the waterfall, don't worry. Um, So it's another really fun outdoor activity for, for older kids. And last but not least, a lot of the travel within Zimbabwe once you're there is by bush plane, very much like in Alaska and some other destinations. So, you know, kids get to kind of sit in their own airplane and you do short little hops and skips around the country. So it's really, you know, it's, 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 it's eye opening. It's, um, to me, Europe is great, but anyone who's ever taken their kids to Europe knows that after the fourth or fifth museum or fourth or fifth church, their eyes start to glaze over, and it usually goes downhill from there. So you know it's just a really uh, engaging destination. I think.
1: Thanks, guys. So let's let dig into to planning because we all know that planning any family trip can be stressful, can be overwhelming, and I would imagine that's possibly even more so going to destinations like Iceland and Cuba and Zimbabwe. So let's talk about some common pitfalls, some common mistakes that you see families making when they book travel to these destinations and just tell us how we can avoid those pitfalls. Start with
3: Ryan. It's not that cold. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely, it's not that cold. It's the the same average temperature as New York City. I know, right? So uh, in January, it's 0.3 degrees Celsius as an average. So people turn up wearing like 15 different layers. And then the next day, they'll be in a (laughs) T-shirt. So, so th- I guess people think that Iceland is not accessible during the winter months. So they're like, Oh, I can take my family, but in June and July and August when it's super busy, or I could go, you know, just after Christmas time when the northern lights are out, there's ice caves. And if you go with someone who actually knows how to drive on ice and snow, then, then you're safe. Like, you don't need to worry about like the, the winds that sometimes pick up. I mean, there's loads of other things that you you should take account of, but but that's that's the main one. It really, it, if you can handle New York City, then you can handle Iceland. It's it's really it's really awesome. Uh, I did get almost frostbite at one point on the glacier, but that was that was a bad day. That was a, that's, not with kids. <laughs>
1: Right, we gonna move along to Jerry, but just want to let the panel know we've got about five minutes, so we're gonna kind of oh. move through these last ones. So I know yeah. I know you guys can be quick.
0: I'll be brief. So I, I think you know, in terms of Zimbabwe specifically, one of the kind of itinerary mistakes before uh, is that people went there only to see the waterfall and bypassed all of the game viewing, all of the amazing luxury lodges, um, and you know a few years ago for good reason, but now it would be a real, real oversight to not actually see the animals and see the the parks.
2: First and foremost, you can travel to Cuba now. Um, Not much has changed. It's still legal. It's very safe. Um, You don't have to go with a group tour. You can go on your own as an individual or as an FIT private travel with a company like ours. And uh, the visa is extremely easy to get. You can buy it directly from the airline on the day of your departure at the airport. Um, That's it. Excellent. So I'd like to
1: use these last couple minutes to give the gentleman on the panel uh, an opportunity to to talk about something specific that your company is doing to provide amazing experiences for for families at your destination. Let's start with Jared. Cox and Kings. So... At Cox
0: and Kings, we, we're really known for private, customized travel. So we work with you from start to finish, and we craft trips that meet your or your client's needs, their behaviors, their styles, their interests, their passions. So we know um, our clients know how old their, their, their kids are, so we can work with them to plan um, certain game drives that are you know, in line with their their kids' ages. We can work with them on their budget. So we work with a number of different lodges on the ground, um, spanning from the five star plus ultra lux um more down to the more more value-based sort of price range. So we work with a number of different partners on the ground that we've been working with for many, many years to give clients that bespoke experience that uh we've kind of become known for in the industry.
1: Thanks, Jared. Let's move to Ryan, please.
3: Uh, I think the thing that sets us apart from uh, our competitors is the, the guides that we use, the people who physically run the trips. And, uh, you know, it's easy enough to say, you know, we hire only the best in the country. But, you know, when it comes to families, you know, they depend on whether they're really young and want to do something very like relaxed but fun or whether they're teenagers and they want to learn more about the science uh, we, we actually specifically choose which guide works best with them. So um, if you're really into rocks and yeah, you want to learn about the geology, then we'll, we'll give you our geologist uh, on the trip. If you want to learn about the volcanic eruptions, our volcanologist, Rob, we'll, we'll take him on, on the trips. If you just want to laugh the whole time, obviously you're going to choose me. Um, I was really hoping you would laugh there. That would have been really embarrassing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the whole point is that we use, uh, we use guides based on, on requ- requirements, on, on what makes your trip better, uh, makes it special to your family, really.
1: You know, Ryan, if you weren't such a nice guy, I could edit out the laughter from that. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, let's hear from Chad Olin and Cuba Candela. Tell us what you guys are doing specifically for families traveling to Cuba.
2: Well, in addition to the family-friendly activities uh, I mentioned a couple of them earlier, um, we we really value the the curation and the personalization, customization of each program. So we can do some really innovative things when it comes to um, traveling with young children. For example, we recently had a group of clients go down. There were two couples. They both had young kids. Um, I think nine months to about two years. And what we did with the program was we designed um certain time where one of the couples would kind of have the babysitting duty and stay at home at the villa or at the hotel, and the other couple was able to go out and do some activities that perhaps were not suitable for young children, or on another night, they were able to go out and experience nightlife when the other couple was home taking care of the kids. Um, so just really to underscore the customization aspect, and we can be very creative with that and really put together the best possible program for your clients.
1: Thank you, my friend. Thanks to the panel for this emerging destinations conversation. Really appreciate it. And for my friends out there in podcast land at Family Travel Radio, you can check out Chad at cubacandela.com. Please consider Cuba for your next family vacation. And over there on cubacandela.com, you can read the blog and learn more about family travel in Cuba. And, of course, Ryan Connolly from Hidden Iceland. You can learn more about Ryan and start planning your family's Iceland adventure at hiddeniceland.i and finally, Jared from Cox and Kings. You can visit CoxandKingsUSA.com for more information. Or if you're old fashioned like me, you can speak directly with a destination specialist by calling 800 999 1758. This has been Family Travel Radio, live from the FTA Summit 2018. Thanks to the panel. Thanks to everyone in the room. Thanks to my friends out there in podcast land. We'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Family Travel Radio. Uh, I want to thank those who are in attendance at the Family Travel Association Summit in Bermuda. Thanks for those enthusiastic voices that provided the intro to this episode. And as always, we invite you to please visit us at familytravel.org and discover for yourself just what's possible in the world of family travel. This is Family Travel Radio. I am Aaron Schlein, and I'm signing off.